Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to promote themselves and their businesses to be as successful as possible. And today, we're really going to talk about that word, promote, um, you know, because it's something that I think many small business owners and entrepreneurs struggle with, is how to get their message, their information out there. And let's be honest, right now during the pandemic, it's probably even more so. You know, people are thinking, how on earth do I get my message out there? If you're a professional speaker, especially, you know, we're not getting in front of audiences or, or if we are, it's online. And so there is a great way that every business owner, every entrepreneur should be considering to, to get their knowledge out to the people who want it. And that's to write a book. And before everybody goes, oh my God, I can't write a book, we're going to talk about how to do that. And we're going to do that with my guest, Laura Gale. So welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. It's lovely to be here. Great. Well, I'm going to read your bio and then we will jump into this because we've got tons of questions and tons of things to discuss. So Laura Gale got her start as a publicist for Hatchet, a global publishing house, and worked on projects like The Twilight Phenomenon, J.K. Rowling's post-Harry Potter publications, and the personal memoirs of Michael Palin, Nelson Mandela, and Tina Fey. She started Laura is Writing to help entrepreneurs to write, publish, and market books that transform their businesses and leave a legacy they're proud of. She has ghostwritten over 15 books and has helped dozens of authors to edit and market their books. She is also the author of How to Write This Book, Write, Publish, and Market Your Business Bestseller, and Content That Converts, How to Build a Profitable and Predictable B2B Content Marketing Strategy. Laura is also the co-host of The Business Writing Podcast. Born and raised in Sydney, Australia, Laura now lives in Lisbon, Portugal. So again, Laura, welcome. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> well, you know, you've had quite the career and you're you're a youngster. We're just going to say it. You're a youngster. <laughs> oh, I always love it when I start interviewing guests and I realize I could be your mother. <laughs> but you've had quite the career. So tell us a little bit more about that and more importantly, how you discovered that this is your passion in life. I was really fortunate right out of university to land an internship at that publishing house mm -hmm. and just got an incredibly immersive experience mm -hmm. in the publishing world. It's one of the biggest publishers out there and they just have some of the most amazing authors mm -hmm. on their list. And so I, I mean, some of it was trial by fire. I won't mm -hmm. lie. It was, you know, working with such high profile people, you really have to get it right mm -hmm. first time. So there's not a lot of margin for error when you're learning, but Mm -hmm. um, in 2011, when the ebook phenomenon was really taking off, Amazon was really starting to gain a lot of traction. Uh, the publishing industry really took a hit. And mm -hmm. so there were a lot of people laid off from my company that year. And I was really fortunate that I did keep my job, but I felt that, okay, I've really got to, 
acknowledge that the, this industry is changing faster than I know mm-hmm. how to keep up and I probably need to be a little bit proactive mm-hmm. in managing my future career prospects. So I decided that I would try and strike out on my own and mm-hmm. started offering writing services to anyone who would take them basically. Mm-hmm. And um, over time that evolved into uh, a particular client asking if I would help him write a book because mm-hmm. he knew that I had come out of the publishing world. And he said, oh, you you know it mostly, you'll figure out the rest, mm-hmm. you know, you know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, okay, how high can it be? It's really just another article, but a really, really but long it's one. It's long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, that project went really well and I had a great time and really enjoyed how immersive that was compared mm-hmm. to a lot of the short form work I was doing. And so I started offering it as a service to more clients mm-hmm. and more people said yes and word of mouth got around and I just felt like I had really stumbled onto this niche that was really satisfying and, mm-hmm. and gave me an opportunity to, to really stretch myself creatively and professionally and has given me um, a huge amount of flexibility and I get like you I get to spend my days talking to very interesting mm-hmm. people and and I've learned a lot business-wise from the process so yeah it's been kind of a whirlwind process but really quite amazing great you know and, and I love the fact that you can live anywhere I mean you know this whole virtual world that we're in now you know made obviously much more complicated because of the pandemic but we can work anywhere, you know, because you can interview somebody via, via Zoom or, you know, whichever technology, all the email, all of these various things. So that makes it really cool because you could be anywhere. You could be in Portugal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I actually left Sydney in 2013 and mm-hmm. I have been living abroad ever since. Cool. I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, you know, you talk about the fact that, business books are very powerful for a business and, and in particular for a person, you know, for the, yeah. the entrepreneur, for the, the business owner, that, that, that expert. Why is that? Why, why is having a book such a great tool? There are so many different ways you can use a book to promote yourself and mm-hmm. your business. Firstly, it's an extremely powerful indicator that you are the expert you mm-hmm. are claiming to be. You can't really write a book you know, a full length proper mm-hmm. book, you know, a few hundred pages, if you don't really know what you're talking about. Right. And it's a really powerful way to set yourself apart from your competition as well, mm-hmm. because most people are not going to go to the lengths required mm-hmm. to write and then publish and then market their mm-hmm. book. It's a multi-stage process and each mm-hmm. one requires quite a lot of time and energy. And mm-hmm. so it is a real commitment, but it's, it's, I think of it as creating a moat around your business. It creates a real competitive Mm. advantage. It creates a gap that is very difficult for your competitors to Mm -hmm. catch up. Um, And to your earlier point that particularly for people who are doing public speaking and that kind of thing, who are having difficulty with the more in-person aspect of the business now, it's a, you can think of your book as your envoy or your ambassador. It Mm. goes out into the world Mm -hmm. to represent you when you can't physically be there. And so it's a really great option if you're trying to book more speaking engagements or book interviews. You can send a copy of your book mm-hmm. to the people organizing and it immediately proves to them that you're a good bet for right. whatever it is they're putting together. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing for getting past gatekeepers if you're trying to acquire new clients and mm-hmm. they're having trouble kind of connecting with the right mm-hmm. people. Um, I mean, honestly, I could, I could go on, but there are so mm-hmm. many ways that a book uh, leverages your expertise, places you at a much higher 
position in people's minds, mm-hmm. um, partly because we really value books mm-hmm. as a as a culture. You know, they've been around many hundreds of years, right. and they still, you know, you can see in my bookshelf here behind me, there's mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of books being published all the time. Mm-hmm. But even so, the fact that they're common doesn't make them less valuable. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's a real top of mind strategy as well. So when you're wanting to make sure that people are thinking about doing business with you, having a physical copy of your book mm-hmm. in their home or their office or even on their device means that your name pops up all the time mm-hmm. in their in their world. And if they are thinking about doing business in your sphere, then obviously the more exposure they've had to you, the more likely a choice you are going to mm-hmm. be for them. Right. You know, and, and, I, I had a partial copy of your book, so hold it up. Um, how to write this book, write, publish, and market your business bestseller. Um, and you know, one of the things you were talking about it was kind of when to write a book. And and it's what I what I appreciated was the fact that it's not always the right time mm. to write a book. So mm. talk to us a little bit more about that. As I said before, writing a book is quite a serious undertaking, mm. and I. Have, you know, many people will publish very short books, you know, maybe mm-hmm. 50 or 80 pages, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I think if you're going to make the effort to do it, then go mm-hmm. know, all, all the way. Right. And to my mind, that means 150, 200, mm-hmm. 250 pages. So it's quite a significant undertaking mm-hmm. to do it. But also, it's not a simple thing to manage the significant increase in lead flow that Mm -hmm. a book can create. So Mm -hmm. I had a client once who told me that inefficiency scales with Mm -hmm. growth. And so if your systems have any um, breakages in them Mm -hmm. or they they do break under pressure or things are not working very smoothly because you just haven't had the time and the reps, Mm -hmm. you know, needed to kind of iron out those Mm -hmm. problems, those are going to compound very quickly if your lead flow, say, becomes three or five Mm -hmm. times what it has been previously. Mm -hmm. And that's often very um, common with with what my clients are experiencing. Mm -hmm. So most clients see a three to five times increase in their lead Mm -hmm. flow within the first three to six months of having Mm -hmm. a book out in the market. So it's a really powerful, powerful tool. But Mm -hmm. if you're very early on, that can be a very overwhelming Mm -hmm. influx. And if your systems are broken and your people don't know how to handle all of this sudden attention mm-hmm. and activity, you squander a lot of the goodwill that the right. book has generated mm-hmm. and people feel disappointed that you're not able to deliver mm-hmm. on what you've been mm-hmm. promising. Um, right. And so it, it can do a lot of damage if you're not ready mm-hmm. compared to when you are ready, you've had the time, you've got the systems really robust. At that point, it makes total sense. If you're ready to scale, you feel like mm-hmm. you've got everything pinned down and you know everybody knows that action stations we know what to do Mm -hmm. it's time to go then that's a great moment to Mm -hmm. do it right yeah i was just thinking you know we mentioned a public speaker you know their product is themselves and you know and, and so they might publish a book that you know they're an expert on talking about you know widgets and but they're not ready to travel that much they're, you know, they're maybe they're maybe they don't really have a good presentation yet, you know, some things like that. And so I, I like the fact that you talk about, you know, we need to make sure our ducks are in a row before we put that book out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it talking about having a good presentation, having a book really forces you to hone your message mm-hmm. as well. Right. It really forces you to clarify what you 
stand for, Mm -hmm. what your processes are, who your audience is. And so it's a very useful tool for other parts of your business Mm -hmm. as well. It can really help you um, get a lot of clarity around Mm -hmm. things that maybe you haven't really had to think about before. So it's very useful, but you do want to do it at the Mm -hmm. moment when you personally and your business have the resources to Mm -hmm. put towards it. Right. You know, and and the resources is also the book. Um, Now, granted, things are, are, you know, a little bit different now because we can print on demand, but... Years ago, I had a, a client that hired me to, to be a publicist for them for their book. And she had this wonderful book. It was a personal story about something that she had gone through. And what I, it, was, it was interesting working with her because, but, you know, and, and you've worked as, you know, in, in a, a publicist organization. And so, you know, and so she wanted to be on Oprah's Book of the Month. Nothing in between, you know, it wasn't, hey, let's make, you know, the, 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 our local, you know, top 10 book or anything. It was, I want, I want to be on Oprah's. And so I tried to explain, okay, you know, Oprah doesn't just get, you know, it, yes, your book is great. But, but I told her, I said, more importantly, if you are on Oprah's book, I said, I'm, I'm assuming that immediately there's a ton of orders. I mean, could you fulfill an order of say 30,000 books overnight? And which something like that would not be inconceivable if you're on something like that, or you make the New York Times bestseller, you know, some things like that. And she said, well, no. I said, okay, then we're going to back up (laughs) and we're going to promote your book locally. We're going to get you on the local talk shows that, you know, get you interviewed and then kind of move from there. And I think that, you know, so many people think, oh, I've got this great book. It's going to do fantastic things, but they forget that, okay, there is a process to build up to it. And then maybe they'll, they'll do the, the fantastic things. Absolutely. And I think it's great to have big goals for what you want mm-hmm. the book to do. But I think people forget that the audience for Oprah lives in local communities. Right. So people mm-hmm. who watch Oprah are also reading the local paper, mm-hmm. watching the local news stations, reading you know, mm-hmm. magazines that have been published. Local. There's so many ways to access your ideal audience. Mm-hmm. And I think... There's just a massive ways that you can promote a book, mm-hmm. but going for those very high visibility, mm-hmm. very, very popular platforms, it's not always the best option right. because there's a huge amount of competition for getting onto those programs. Mm-hmm. But also, like you say, there can be a lot of logistical mm-hmm. complications that come from it. And you're missing a huge chunk of really, really easy right. ones that, mm-hmm. that will take much less time and attention mm-hmm. from you. And right. it can create the same kind of momentum mm-hmm. that will then later on lead you to those bigger mm-hmm. opportunities. Right. You know, and it was interesting when I was reading your book, what it was reminding me is a book is a really big marketing tool, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and that's the way that we really need to approach it is, you know, we've got a blog, we've got a website, we've got this, we've got that, and we have a book. And so one of the things that, that you talk about in, in your book is the fact that you really have to know who you are writing for. And that is so key because, you know, I, I hear this all the time because I have a marketing firm. I will say, now, who's your target audience? And they all look at me and they smile sweetly and they say, everyone. Nope. never ever ever you know it doesn't matter what your subject matter is what your product or service is it is not for everyone Um, so talk to us a little bit about how you need to figure out who you're writing for because that really is 
one of the most critical pieces, if not the most critical piece of, of writing. Absolutely. I think there's, I understand the appeal of writing to everybody, mm-hmm. but unfortunately- Because you want to sell a whole bunch of books, right? <laughs> of course, of course, but much more effective to sell it to people who are very, very um, squarely within your mm-hmm. niche and mm-hmm. then gradually spread out if you mm-hmm. find that there's a wider audience than trying to sell it to everybody and mm-hmm. discovering that it's good for no one. Right. So I think it's one of the primary foundations of any marketing campaign is Mm -hmm. knowing who you're talking to. And as you said, when you're writing a book about your business and specifically for the purpose of growing your business, you Mm -hmm. do have to think of it as just another marketing tool. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't start any other type of campaign without clearly defining who you are trying to put this campaign in front of. Mm -hmm. And so once you've got a sense, let's say uh, a, a book I worked on recently was written for the um, chief marketing officers of Fortune 5000 level companies. Mm -hmm. And so that's a very specific group of people. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very useful marketing book for anybody who is selling online, Mm -hmm. but it's specifically written for those people. And Mm -hmm. the reason that's useful is twofold. First is it gets those people's attention. Mm -hmm. You can specifically say in the title or in your marketing this is who this book is for. Right. And, so and if you're that person, you go, oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. <laughs> so obviously I need to have this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, it means that it's a very clear uh, offer that you're going to be leading mm-hmm. them to. And mm-hmm. we can talk about that a little bit as well. Your book always should lead to some other right. way for it's people not to just, engage with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it sets an expectation that you are here to serve those people. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important factor. And I think there are always multiple audiences for a book, but I think of it as your <coughs> primary reader mm-hmm. is this person that you are very mm-hmm. clearly defining this book is for you. And then there are going to be secondary and tertiary audiences as well. And so those mm-hmm. might be other marketers who work mm-hmm. online and then other marketers generally, but ultimately you're looking at this mm-hmm. very specific group Um because that also helps you when you're writing the book to think about what is going to be most useful right. to those people to hear. Mm-hmm. If you're writing for everybody, it's very hard to mm-hmm. narrow down your focus and mm-hmm. not all information belongs in this mm-hmm. one book. You know, Just because you know a huge amount about a topic doesn't mean that all of it has to go into this mm-hmm. particular project. Um, and so knowing who you're writing for helps you filter your mm-hmm. own flow of information, mm-hmm. but it also... Um, means that the book is going to be as impactful as possible and is mm-hmm. going to get the best response possible. Mm-hmm. And because online sales and you know Amazon and all of these online platforms run so heavily on reviews, mm-hmm. it's really important that your audience is very responsive to right. what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so having their needs and wants in mind when you're writing mm-hmm. means that in the future, as they're reading, they're going to be 100% committed to helping you get that book out to everybody because mm-hmm. it helped them so much. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it really does help to know exactly who you're writing for. And and I tell people, you know, if they're struggling with that and, you know, our I work with clients all the time to develop that that avatar. And it's not, you know, and, and you talk about this in your book, it's not just, okay, it's it's this person who makes this amount of money, you know, all these various things. There's more. I mean, you have to know what they're, you know, what guides them. What are their passions? You know, what do they not like? All of these various things. And and so I often tell people, find a picture of mm-hmm. of who that might represent. Put it so that you know it's it's on your computer monitor or wherever. So you're actually writing for that 
person. And then that really helps to focus your, your mind into what your message should be. Absolutely. I do that myself, actually. I, I try and find somebody that I actually know mm-hmm. personally and think, okay, they're a good fit for what I'm writing mm-hmm. here. And so I'm going to write this to them because mm-hmm. I know exactly what they want and need. But I mean, going back to uh, the earlier point, there's the difference between demographics and psychographics. Mm-hmm. So demographics are the facts about right. people. You know, you live in- They make 50000 a year. They money, live- Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have two and a half kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, these are just documentable mm-hmm. facts, but those don't make up who that person is Mm -hmm. so are they spiritual are they Mm -hmm. mission driven in their Mm -hmm. business are they uh you know what drives them what's Mm -hmm. what scares them what keeps them up at night Mm -hmm. you know um a few markets i think dan kennedy talks about the whiskey test Mm -hmm. you know what gets them up at three in the morning Mm -hmm. and finds their spouse sitting in in the kitchen thinking over Mm -hmm. a cup of whiskey (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know what's that impetus what's that Mm -hmm. fear what drives them Mm -hmm. Um, and so getting to understand as you said their inner world is Mm -hmm. really important and a lot of that comes from doing from actually engaging with the Mm -hmm. audience which I think a lot of people are quite resistant to doing Mm -hmm. feels a bit scary to sort of go that extra step and actually Mm -hmm. start talking to people who you think are in your audience Mm -hmm. Um, you can find a lot of stuff that contradicts your assumptions there and so that's challenging and uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but it's going to mean that your project is much more successful Mm -hmm. in the long term because you're writing based on real people Mm -hmm. not you know 2d versions of people Mm -hmm. right you know and it's always interesting when it contradicts what you think because then you got to get over your own ego (laughs) you know to go oh so what they really care about is X, I assumed, you know, that, that it was something else. Yes. Yeah. And it happens a lot when you're writing because one of the really important stages of writing a book is letting some early readers mm-hmm. see it. So this might be customers who have been buying mm-hmm. from you for many years or people who work mm-hmm. with you in your business, friends, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And to see where people get stuck or they're mm-hmm. bored or confused or they think, oh, this is not really relevant or something is missing it can be really shocking mm-hmm. because you think I've put all of this work into this book right. and it's, it's really good. I'm nearly ready mm-hmm. to publish. And then you think, Oh no, there's, there's a whole gap oh, yeah. that needs to be reworked. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be hard on the ego. That process mm-hmm. is very difficult, but it's a very positive process in the mm-hmm. long run because you get a much better grip right. on what your audience wants mm-hmm. and what the value is that you provide mm-hmm. to them. Right. You know, and, and it is, uh, you know, we're, uh, I want to talk about the, you know, I'm, I'm harping on this because it is so important. Um, you know, I, I do however many programs a year, 100-ish programs a year. Many of these programs are, um, the, the, my guests are, are authors, so I read a lot of books. And I had one not long ago that, you know, based on what he was saying, based on what the publicist said, all those various things, I was exactly the target market. So, yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. It was an incredibly technical book. Right. And, you know, I I couldn't read it. I really could not read it because it was so technical that my brain just shut off. Um, You know, I couldn't understand it. I didn't know the terms. It used, you know, lots of things that I just had no grasp of. And, you know, and, and I have no doubt that it was great information, but it wasn't written in a way that me, the little, you know, average, average reader could, could understand, um, you know, and, and we see that all the time. I was in a mastermind group earlier this week and we were laughing about that. And I said, you know, I, I used to work for the American Cancer Society 
And frequently, and I did media relations, so frequently I'd be sending our doctors off to do media interviews, and I said, now, you can't use your words that have 26 letters in them. People mm-hmm. don't understand that. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, that was, was a big part of the process. And, and <clears throat> we were laughing that we're not saying that you're dumbing it down. You know, when we read all the time, well, you have to write at the eighth grade level. You have to write for your audience. You know, if your audience reads at the eighth grade level, well, then that's what you have to write at. But, you know, if you're, if you have a technical audience and you dumb it down, they're not going to like it either because they're going to, you know, and, and so figure out exactly who you're writing for and, and do that. You know, if you have to include some technical terms, that's great, but explain them and then explain them multiple times for those of us that forget these things, you know, all of those various things. Absolutely. I think of my role as to be an advocate for the reader in mm-hmm. these processes. And so it's I my role is to ask all of those questions mm-hmm. that a reader would be like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I get to ask that so that they don't have to. Right. But there's this curse of, of knowledge in a lot mm-hmm. of entrepreneurs where they've been in business for such a long time. Right. They are so good at the thing mm-hmm. that they do, but they forget that other people don't mm-hmm. have that same frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And so... They can be just barreling along, you know, spilling out information, Mm -hmm. but you've lost people miles Mm back. So you really got to think about what do people know and Mm -hmm. what do people need to know in Mm -hmm. order to keep progressing with this material. Mm -hmm. And so information hierarchy is a really, really important component Mm -hmm. of getting your book right. So what are the very foundational things Mm -hmm. that this reader needs to understand Mm -hmm. in order to progress to this next stage? Right. if you're writing for a technical audience, people who are very advanced in your field already, you can probably do a very cursory mm-hmm. skimming over, just right. a quick summary of, mm-hmm. of that to make sure everybody's on the same mm-hmm. page, there's no confusion. But if it's a much less technical audience or people who are very new to this field, mm-hmm. then you do need to set that foundation for mm-hmm. them and lead them through a very sequential mm-hmm. process so that they're not left behind at mm-hmm. any point. Right. And it actually might mean multiple books that you're doing, um, yes. you know, because you can have multiple audiences. So you might have the very technical book, but then you might also have the the, the book for everybody else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think there's nothing wrong with separating your audience out like mm-hmm. that. And I mean, obviously, you can get into some very technical mm-hmm. marketing where you're segmenting mm-hmm. lists and all kinds of things. But understanding who your audience is, Mm -hmm. is really critical. And again, that comes back to knowing who you're writing for, as we're talking about before, you know, if your audience is made up of some very new people Mm -hmm. to this field and some very advanced people, then you do want to be messaging those people differently. Mm -hmm. You know, they should not be receiving the same material because they're at completely different stages. Mm -hmm. They have completely different capacities and they, they're wanting different, things from you. The Mm -hmm. value you can provide to them is going to be very different because Mm -hmm. they're at such different stages. And so it is important to really consider that um, you're not writing for for a general audience. Mm -hmm. There is really no Mm -hmm. quote unquote general audience. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, just looking at at the the books that I mentioned in your your bio, I mean, somebody who reads something about Nelson Mandela is probably not also going to care about Tina Fey. It's it's just very different. But but they're they're Mm -hmm. completely divergent. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's there are a lot of principles Mm -hmm. that overlap. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of foundational stuff that is always going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about editing. Yeah. yeah. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, the the tone and the positioning and and all of that kind of stuff is is very Mm -hmm. dependent on on what the subject Mm -hmm. is. 
Right. Yeah. You know, I would I would imagine a, a book about Tina Fey might have, oh, shall we say, some salty words. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's that's perfectly fine. I mean, you know, because that's what she is. I mean, especially mm-hmm. if you're talking about, you know, you're saying, okay, well, when she was on stage, this was what she did. Well, you know, she said those words, mm-hmm. but Nelson Mandela's not going to. Um, you know, and and you know, and, and it's interesting. You know, I, I had somebody approach me one time who wanted to to be a guest on the program and you know, I, I look at her Facebook page and the woman couldn't do a sentence without the F word in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just her, you know, and, and I listened to some other things. Now, at that point, this actually was a, 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 a broadcast uh, a type of, of interview. So we had guidelines that we had to follow. Um, and now even, you know, if you want your, your podcast on Apple, on, on iTunes, you have to say that it's it's clean. I, that, mm-hmm. You know, when I'm thinking, eh, you know, that's kind of, but, you know, and, and so I talked to her a little bit and I said, you can't, you can't do that. You, you know, that's just not what's going to happen. And, and it wasn't, you know, something that every once in a while I could beep out. It was, you know, she, she had, she, she swore like a sailor. Um, and so she said, well, that's who I work with. You know, her clients were very edgy people um you know they were you know skateboarders they were you know they you know they were 18 20 years old you know things like that and i said well i'm sorry this just isn't going to work i'm sure it would have been a fascinating interview and fun to talk with her but yeah we just couldn't do that and so yeah that that is kind of the the thing you you know back to you have to keep in mind exactly who you're writing for yes yeah and there's there is a balance to be struck between your personality and your personal brand and Mm -hmm. the audience. But hopefully Mm -hmm. those things are already aligned. Mm -hmm. And that's going back to making sure you're ready to write Mm -hmm. this book is have you Mm -hmm. made sure that Mm -hmm. your personality and your brand is aligned with the audience's Mm -hmm. values and what they're expecting Mm -hmm. and what they want from you? Right. Well, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I, I would like to write a book. You know, I'm such an expert. I would love to write a book. You know, all those various things. Um, But then they think, I can't write a book, which is where someone like you comes in because you're a ghost writer. So, and I love this. I was reading your LinkedIn profile and you don't write about ghosts. Um, (laughs) And and it's funny because there are a lot of ghost writers that, there are a lot of books that are written by ghost writers. And, you know, you might, you might see it in tiny little print, you know, it all depends on, you know, a variety of things. But tell us what a ghost writer does. A ghost writer is there to help you tell your story, basically. So my role is to extract all of the information Mm -hmm. and experience and knowledge that you have accumulated over the Mm -hmm. course of your career and help you put that into words in Mm -hmm. such a way that it really lands with your audience Mm -hmm. and moves them to do whatever it is you're hoping to do Mm -hmm. with them. Many people for a very long time considered ghostwriting cheating. Right. Especially if if it was like a biography or something. It's like, right. (laughs) (laughs) You're supposed to write it yourself. Mm -hmm. And I do understand that, but I think ultimately for a lot of entrepreneurs, actually doing the writing is not the highest. Right. We're talking about a product or a service. We're not really talking about ourselves. Exactly. I mean, even if you are talking about yourself, Mm -hmm. I mean, Andre Agassi wrote an amazing biography called Open and Mm -hmm. he's this fantastic tennis player and one of the best in the world. Mm -hmm. He 
a world-class tennis player. He's not a world-class He's not a writer. writer. Mm-hmm. He's not a memoirist. And he was very open about the fact that he did work with a ghostwriter mm-hmm. to produce that book. But that book is completely him. Mm-hmm. There's no trace of the ghostwriter mm-hmm. in it. And that's always what I'm aiming for mm-hmm. is to capture the client's voice and experience and really have the reader be totally immersed in their world mm-hmm. with no thought at all that this doesn't sound like them or this doesn't feel like them. You right. know, my goal is always that the book is totally, totally the client. Mm-hmm. And so part of my process there is just doing a huge amount of interviewing. So mm-hmm. we have many, many conversations mm-hmm. over many, many weeks where I'm just recording your voice mm. and your language mm-hmm. and the way you speak, the cadence of your speech. And so there's a lot that goes into creating somebody's voice on on page. Mm-hmm. But my whole point there is to get as much of you down as I can, mm-hmm. to record as much of you as I can, so that when I go to drafting, I'm only using stuff that you've already said to me. Mm-hmm. It's all your information. It's nothing that I've come up with on my own. It's all from the conversations mm-hmm. that we've been having together. Right. You know, and, and like you said, people have different cadences. There are some people who talk in very short sentences. Some people that, you know, a, a paragraph is one sentence. You know, all of these various things, the language that they use, you know, and, and so that's where, and it's almost, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you read the book and you meet the person and you go, oh, yeah. You know, you okay. don't want to read the book and meet the person and go, nah, I read the wrong book. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And and the the goal is always that a client will come to you having read the book and say, I feel like I already know you, mm-hmm. right? They know you, they like you, they trust you because they've got a little piece of you mm-hmm. in their hand through this book. And that is just a really powerful way to kind of shortcut mm-hmm. the process that you need with a lot of clients to mm-hmm. to get to the next level together. Right. Well, and even if it's, you know, a, a business book, so, you know, uh, it, there's still that that flow of how they are, um, you know, so maybe they're an expert in social media, you know, how you're talking in the book about how to use it as an effective tool, you know, let's, well, you know, but how they would say it is, is you know, what you're you're aiming for. Yeah, exactly, because everybody is going to bring a slightly different perspective mm-hmm to even mm-hmm. the most technical information right. and you want customers to have a really consistent experience. Mm-hmm. If, if they hear you on a podcast or they see you on stage or they read your book, it should all be the mm-hmm. same. And that consistency is really important for mm-hmm. developing trust and rapport. So yeah, even, even things where it might be, you might think this is very dry and there's not a lot of room for my personality mm-hmm. and, and all of that kind of thing. There's always ways mm-hmm. and voice, you know, voice is kind of the big, Term, the overarching mm-hmm. umbrella term, um, but it's made up of three components, and that's mm-hmm. um, vocabulary, tone, and cadence, as you said. Mm-hmm. So, vocabulary is is the words that you use. The mm-hmm. choice, you know, is it a five cent word or is it a five dollar word? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that's very dependent as well on who your audience is. But mm-hmm. there's the tone. So, is it very chatty and informal, or is it very highbrow, very sophisticated? You know, quite technical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's cadence, which, as you say, is the speed at which you speak. Mm-hmm. Is it long sentences or short? Is it many, many short paragraphs kind of in a staccato format or is it very free-flowing and very mm-hmm. lyrical? So there's there's a lot that goes into that and it can be quantified, but people get a little bit overwhelmed trying mm-hmm. to communicate that about themselves to a writer. And right. so I think it's the writer's job to help mm-hmm. the client communicate mm-hmm. that. Well, you know, as you talk about this, I think, oh my gosh, the, the ghostwriter portion has got to be incredibly complicated. 
How did you decide that that was something that, that you were really good at? I grew up in a reading family ah. and so had always been tinkering with writing and, mm-hmm. and I, um, I get a lot of joy and satisfaction mm-hmm. from writing. And mm-hmm. so helping people tell their stories is just a really, um, it's very fulfilling for me mm-hmm. because I also am a huge proponent, obviously, of literacy and education mm-hmm. as tools to help other people progress. Right. You know, literacy is, is a foundational skill in making your way in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of felt that it was an opportunity to help people with literacy in a different part of their mm-hmm. life. If the entrepreneur has gained a huge amount of experience over time and mm-hmm. has something to teach, then it's a gift and, a, mm-hmm. and an amazing opportunity to be able to share that information mm-hmm. with other people because you can have a real ripple effect. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much information locked up in so many entrepreneurs that could have such a tangible effect on the mm-hmm. world that I think how cool to be able to help them right. get it out there, mm-hmm. you know? So I sort of think of it as, as being a conduit for the information, mm-hmm. you know, they have this amazing thing to share I can help them share it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a real tangible transformation in the reader and in, in the, the ripple effect that that can create. Right. So that's kind of how I mm-hmm. think of it and why I'm so passionate about doing mm-hmm. it because I know books can make such lasting change mm-hmm. in people's lives. Right. Well, and clearly it is a skill and a talent, um, especially to not put your personality into whatever it is that you're writing, um, you know, because I'm, I'm sure it would just be something as simple as, well, yeah, this sentence would sound better if, <laughs> you know? and, and you have to not do that. I mean, you know, yes, there are times where, you know, and, and like I said, we'll talk editing in a minute, but, but, it, you know, if it would change the tone or the message, you can't do that. It, it can be really challenging. And mm-hmm. uh, so I take frequent breaks through each project because mm-hmm. that's the only way I can come back with fresh eyes and say, oh, there I am. That, mm-hmm. that bit needs to yeah, come whoops, out. That and, was me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. mm-hmm. so, you know, you need to be able to kind of monitor your own mm-hmm. habits a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, there are points at which I will, uh, I think of, of writing as kind of having multiple components. So mm-hmm. they're like building blocks that you can move mm-hmm. around. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be, verbatim what the client said you can move things Mm -hmm. around into Mm -hmm. different places so that the flow is a bit better Mm -hmm. because often the way we speak to each other Mm -hmm. doesn't translate very well to the page and so Mm -hmm. if you can shuffle things around a little Mm -hmm. bit then it often flows better Mm -hmm. for a reading format but ultimately I definitely come back often during editing Mm -hmm. looking for places where Mm -hmm. I have maybe just tweaked it because I think oh Mm -hmm. I think it would sound a little bit better that Mm -hmm. way but actually that's not how they would they would Mm -hmm. say it and that's the kind of thing that can mm-hmm. just jar the reader out of the flow enough mm-hmm. that you want to really smooth it over. Mm-hmm. Right. Does it help if it's a subject matter that you really don't know anything about? Um, there are two, two types of projects that tend to happen. One is something I know nothing about, and that's interesting because it's just an interesting learning experience mm-hmm. for me. I can really bring that sort of beginner's mind mm-hmm. and, and ask all kinds of Mm-hmm. very what might be quite simple questions to begin with but um, end up giving a very rounded picture of the subject mm-hmm. um, and then there's stuff that I do know about and that's also really fun because it becomes a bit more collaborative right. rather than sort of a teacher-student dynamic mm-hmm. you have 
peers. And mm-hmm. that's that's also really fun because mm-hmm. you can kind of bounce ideas back and forth and it becomes quite a dynamic um, and, and it grows quite organically mm-hmm. that way. So it, it is nice if I do have a little bit of mm-hmm. a grasp on it. Right. Yeah, it is d- obviously going to lead to very different types of questions. You know, either teach me about this or, oh, you know, I know about this and. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I, we've talked about editing several times and, and that is one of the services that you provide. And we'll talk a little bit later about that. But, you know, at, when people write, we all tend to think, ooh, we, we write good. <laughs> and, and whether, it, and, and I'm one of these people, I, I have trouble on Facebook because I mentally correct what people are writing. And it doesn't matter if they're writing about their cat or if they're writing about their business. You know, I'm, I, now, you know, I don't ever, you know, I'm, I'm not the grammar police. I'm not going to say, Laura, you misspelled <laughs> that word. Um, but we all need editing. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's one of the tricky things with writing is recognizing the fact that, that, we need somebody to look at it. And it's interesting because, you know, as I mentioned, I get all these books, you know, and, and I mean, I have bookshelf after bookshelf, and then I, I have a lot of digital versions of the books. And there are so many times where I want to tell somebody, you should have hired an editor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, it can be some things just as simple as typos, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and I tell people, we see what we want it to, to be. And so we miss the misspellings. We, you know, we miss all those, those things. And so, you know, that's just one of the skills. How do people improve their skills? Because we need to, you know, even if we're just writing on Facebook or our LinkedIn profile or something like that, but how are some, some ways that we can improve our, our own skills? So in publishing, there are a few different types of editing. And mm-hmm. so I think people think of it as proofreading a lot mm-hmm. of the time, looking right. for typos, but that's mm-hmm. the very end of mm-hmm. the editing process. Mm-hmm. So first is a structural edit. So mm-hmm. you're looking for chunks of information that are better placed somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So you're reading through and think, oh, maybe this paragraph or this sentence should come earlier, or I'm kind of, this sounds like a conclusion, but it's really much too early in Mm -hmm. in the actual piece, and so it should come later. You're looking for pieces that need to be moved around Mm -hmm. in the information hierarchy so that the piece Mm -hmm. flows as smoothly and naturally or intuitively Mm -hmm. as possible. You don't want a point where any reader is going to say, what? I yeah, need to go back uh, flipping back and forth. I missed something. Scrolling mm-hmm. forward to try and find out what mm-hmm. it is. You know, you want it to just be completely intuitive mm-hmm. and smooth. So that's the structural edit is getting those kind of big pieces in place. Mm-hmm. Then you're looking for copy editing, which is the tone. Is Am I writing in the right style for the mm-hmm. subject material? Mm-hmm. Am I mm-hmm. using the right type of... Um, you know dialogue and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. are you writing for an american audience but using british english right i know the the queen writes differently she has she has use where we don't have use (laughs) that's always the biggie like color is not spelled that way (laughs) sorry but even things like describing someone as cheeky is Mm -hmm. a very british right Mm -hmm. not necessarily going to translate to an american audience Mm -hmm. and you know there was like that Mm -hmm. you know many many of them so you're wanting to think about, is this going to sound right mm-hmm. to the person who's reading it? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that's going to trip them up in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, vague meaning? Are there words that mm-hmm. are too sophisticated for this post or a piece of writing? Are there mm-hmm. words that need to be kind of brought up a level? You're looking for that kind of middle layer of, does it sound right? Mm-hmm. And then 
final layer is what people think of generally when that's proofreading or you know going line by line mm -hmm. looking for any grammatical errors right. any typos mm -hmm. any punctuation problems mm -hmm. just making sure that it's really perfected and polished mm -hmm. so those are the three stages that you can go through you can do each of those stages as many times as you mm -hmm. would like most professionally produced books published books are going to go through probably two to three rounds of each of those mm -hmm. so there's a lot that goes into editing and people right. get a bit daunted by that process because you've gone through this whole process of writing the book and actually you know putting out all of this material it's, it's their and baby to, mm -hmm. yeah and you don't want to go back and and rework it and rework mm -hmm. it and rework it but that reworking process mm -hmm. is what makes it great mm -hmm. it can take good material to being amazing and it can mm -hmm. take mediocre material to being really really good right so that process is really important mm -hmm. and it's it can be tedious i won't lie mm -hmm. it's not the most fun part of the process but mm -hmm. it's definitely very very valuable mm -hmm. and editing right. is there to make your final piece as polished and professional as mm -hmm. possible right i still remember years ago i was in and i think it was an english class in college and you know we you, you turned in paper copies of things and and you know came back and oh red pin all over everything and and the professor said their words they're not your babies, you know, and, and, and I, you know, obviously I still remember that and that was <clears throat> a long time ago. <laughs> you know? And, but we do, we get so vested in it because mm -hmm. it is our passion. It might be our story. So when the editor says, you know, this needs to be here, or you talked about that five times, we only want to talk about it twice. We tend to think, oh my gosh, you're, you're, you're hurting us. And of course the editor is just making it better. Yes, it's difficult. And I mean, there's a there's a saying in editing circles, you know, kill your darlings. And it's similar to mm -hmm. it's not your babies. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are words and phrases and ideas that we get very attached to in mm -hmm. writing. And it sounds it sounds crazy. But, you know, you'll think, oh, wow, that sounds really great. Or mm -hmm. I love that turn of phrase. Or, you know, I feel really mm -hmm. pleased about how that is sounding. And then someone else will read it. And because and like, they don't no. have the context that you have in your own mm -hmm. mind they'll be like, I don't understand that at all. Mm -hmm. Or that makes no sense. Or this sounds ridiculous. You're being mm -hmm. completely, you know, mm -hmm. overdoing it or whatever. And so it's really a practice in detaching from that product. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, if you can think of it more as documentation mm. than uh, self-expression, mm -hmm. sometimes that can help. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people find it very difficult to think of it that mm -hmm. way. But yeah your your ego is going to take mm -hmm. a few beatings in that right. process. Yeah, and, and I will say, it's very difficult to edit your own work. Yes. And I yes. don't care Almost if it's impossible. a Facebook post or a 300-page book. Um, depending on how important it is, you need somebody else to read it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there's no, there are no writers mm -hmm. who should be editing their own work. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, we, we do. We're we're we get so caught up in it or you know, well, I know what I meant to say. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All exactly. of those various things. Exactly. And you let yourself off the hook a lot mm -hmm. uh when you're when you're editing your own stuff. But I mean obviously you have to be involved in the editing process. And so mm -hmm. I think you can go through a few of those rounds on your own because you mm -hmm. will see things 
second, third mm-hmm. time around that you think that's an obvious fix. I need to mm-hmm. address that. It's not worth somebody else's time to tell me something that I mm-hmm. already have identified. Right. But once you've gone through that and you can't really see anything that's mm-hmm. wrong with it anymore, that's the point that somebody else needs to come mm-hmm. in and read it. So right. whether that's a professional editor mm-hmm. or somebody, you know, that's a friend and who has some good writing skills, mm-hmm. um, who is going to give you the honest truth about what they think needs mm-hmm. to happen that is just an extremely, extremely valuable mm-hmm. thing. And, and no book that you've you know, read by a traditional publisher has, has gone without that process. Mm-hmm. Right. It's always interesting when I'm reading something that I know has been read by many, many people and I find an error. I'm like, yes. <laughs> it does happen though, right? And, oh, and yeah. People yeah. Are, you know, everyone's fallible. <laughs> yeah. Get you know, like, it's like, I don't think there's supposed to be two periods there. <laughs> yeah. I was reading a book just a month ago by a, a very famous author mm-hmm. who's won many, many prizes. Mm-hmm. And there was a consist- an inconsistency in how they were presenting a particular set of words. Ah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It still gets through. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's very interesting. You know, and we can obviously improve our own skills. Yes. Um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of things. I saw somebody on Facebook the other day who posted and they're taking, you know, they, they said, you know, now is a great time to be taking some online classes. And so, you know, she, she had found a great, and, and she was actually, it was a writing class, um, you know, and, and she said, this is, this is a great time to be doing this. I'm really only working six hours a day. You know, and I'm not commuting, so I've got this extra time. And and so she was taking an online class. And you know, I think we're going to see more and more that that there's going to be online opportunities, and there's going to be big online opportunities. I mean, you know, you could be taking a writing class from, oh, say Oxford, um, you know, or you know, or you know, an online class from your local community college. But it's it's going to be so much easier to to be working on our skills. Absolutely. And there's just such a wealth of information mm-hmm. out there. Most of the time, if you're wanting to learn some something, mm-hmm. someone has written about it. Right. And someone has made a course mm-hmm. about it. And mm-hmm. I think educating yourself is just mm-hmm. such an amazing opportunity. And it's mm-hmm. just the barrier to entry is mm-hmm. so low compared right. to what it used mm-hmm. to be that yeah. there's no better time. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that during pandemic, Everybody thought at the beginning, oh, I'm going to have so much free time. Mm-hmm. And, and for some people, and it got filled. Too, it's amazing how that happened. People, it did not go that way. <laughs> so there's also, I, you know, I think if you're feeling like, oh, at the start of pandemic, I was going to try and write my book and mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet, mm-hmm. don't get down on yourself. It's okay. Right. <laughs> it's been hard. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and, you know and, and writing skills are something that I think you know, are, it's just so important as a business professional. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that I literally, and you know, granted, this is, this is maybe a little snarky. Um, I won't do business with them based on what they write online. And I'm not talking about the subject matter. I'm talking about, you know, if, if they don't, well, you know, I, there was years ago, financial planner. He did not know the difference between, and this, you're going to die, A-R-E and O-U-R. Right. Yeah. So R and our, um, you know, he used them interchangeably and I'm like, dude, why would I, why would I entrust you with my, my money if you don't know something that basic, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, what we need to think about is how are we coming across as a business professional? Even if it's just your Facebook post, Instagram, clearly LinkedIn, you better not have typos. Um, but you know, how are you coming across as that? 
Yeah, and I can understand, you know, spelling is not everybody's strong suit. Right, and we're writing it on our phone with, you know, a finger that right. doesn't always work, so we have yeah. typos. For sure, it happens, but mm-hmm. I think this is kind of where the editing process is mm-hmm. really important. It's just yeah. taking a few seconds to mm-hmm. read back over what you've written mm-hmm. and just take a little bit of care there because your right. writing does go out in the world as mm-hmm. a representation mm-hmm. of you. And so, you know, showing people, particularly mm-hmm. if you're trying to do business with them, that you mm-hmm. are good with the details mm-hmm. and that you can be trusted <laughs> with important right. mm-hmm. important parts of their world, mm-hmm. that's, that's a very important mm-hmm. yep. time to take. So, you know, somebody's decided, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> you know, I've got this great subject matter I need to dump out in the, the world. People are going to love it. But then we, we still get lost. So what are some other things that, that you wish people knew when they actually started this process? I think setting some accurate expectations for yourself is important. So okay. as you said, uh, writing is a skill set. and. Mm-hmm. It's not a skill set that everybody has time to hone. Mm-hmm. And so if you are reading your favorite author and they've written dozens of books, it's not very realistic to expect that what you produce first time around is going to be the same mm-hmm. as what they can do. Right. And so Ira Glass, who's the NPR radio host, mm-hmm. talks about the gap. And this is the, the mm-hmm. difference between your taste and what mm-hmm. you can identify is, is mm-hmm. great work and mm-hmm. what you're able to put out. Mm-hmm. And it can take years before you're able to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. And the trick is to keep going. And right. it's, it takes practice. It takes mm-hmm. time. And, you know, I've been writing since I was 18. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's taken quite a long time to kind of get to the mm-hmm. point where I feel like that gap is starting mm-hmm. to close. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, sometimes I'm like, it's not, it's not quite there. Mm-hmm. And I can feel that it's not there. And I'm still unraveling why that is. Mm-hmm. So if you're new to this, it's okay if there is a gap there. So mm-hmm. be a little bit gracious towards yourself um, and, and don't give up if the product that you see first time around doesn't match mm-hmm. what you were hoping it would be. Keep right. going with that process. Mm-hmm. Um, another is to consider about getting some help. So mm-hmm. it's very hard to see what you don't know. Mm-hmm. If you're new to something, it's, it's always useful to have a teacher mm-hmm. or somebody who's a bit more experienced with you to sort of guide you through that process and can say, oh, you're, you're missing this. That's why mm-hmm. this isn't working. Here's how you get out of this mm-hmm. pickle that you find yourself in. Um, so that's really important. And also just setting yourself some milestones. You know, mm-hmm. it's not realistic to expect that you're going to write a chapter every day. It's probably a few hundred words every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so setting yourself some milestones that you want to hit, you know, a chapter a month or, mm-hmm. you know, setting yourself mm-hmm. some specifics so that you have, a bit of a structure to how you're trying to trying to do that work. I love it. You know, and, and certainly your book goes into much more detail. One of the things that we didn't talk about was, you know, doing an outline. You know, that's probably when it, we, we've all read books, right, where they've just rambled and babbled along. And whether it's a business book or a fiction book, and it's like, oh, you know, they, they didn't know where they were trying to end up. Um, you know, and, and so do the outline, do things like that. But you can you you work with people to do this. We mentioned that you ghost write. You also edit and, and you can coach. So tell us just a little bit more about the services that you can provide. So ghostwriting is a complete done for you service. You okay. tell me your idea and what you want it to be and what you want it to do in your business. And then we'll go through that interview mm-hmm. process that we talked about. Set out all of the outline and mm-hmm. I'll go and build the book based on those conversations mm-hmm. that we have. So I'll take you all the way from idea to published and, and available for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
editing process is when you have written something or mm -hmm. you're in the process of writing something and you need someone to either help you get it finished or revise, go through all of those different okay. rounds of editing and make sure that it's really polished and professional mm -hmm. so that it can be published. And coaching is a much more done with you kind of service. Okay. So we'll have a call every week and set specific milestones mm -hmm. for the project, give you some specific tasks mm -hmm. to do so that it keeps going and, and kind of develops its own mm -hmm. momentum. Great. Now, does it have to be a full book or do you work with people on, say, articles, eBooks, even maybe their LinkedIn profile? So I don't really do short form uh, okay. writing like that anymore, especially specifically in book length. Okay. Um, but I'm happy to advise people. Um, okay. People can book an hour and we can talk about whatever they want. Mm -hmm. You know, that's also totally fine because the structures are often similar and the problems mm -hmm. people run into are similar. So right. definitely happy to jump on the phone for mm -hmm. an hour and, and go through that. Right. Well, and sometimes they can take those short form things and eventually they become something bigger. You know, yeah. how many times have we, we heard people say, yeah, this was my, my blog and I turned it into a book, yes. um, you know, and, and there's, you know, clearly it's different writing when you're doing that. But if you're keeping in mind, eventually it's going to be a book. You're going to write your blog differently, things like that. Absolutely. Well, how do people find you and connect with you? The best place is through my website, which is lauraiswriting.com. And mm -hmm. over there, you can also get a free copy of how to write this book. So you'll get a PDF version delivered straight to your inbox if you pop your email in over there. And any questions, you can always just email me as well. Perfect. I love it. I love it. You know, and it, like we said, doesn't matter that you're in Portugal. This is a virtual world. Um, right. you know, we all adapt. We do, we do different things. Um, and we do what we have to, to to make things work. And, and so that's where it's, it's great. Well, you know, we, we have just you know, a little bit of time left. So what final thoughts would you like to leave everyone with? I think that one of the most common things I hear is I'm not sure if I'm the right person to write a book. I would mm -hmm. love to do it. It's on my bucket list, but mm -hmm. I don't know if I have anything to say. Mm -hmm. And I think... Just try. See what happens. <laughs> Give it a shot. The, the worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't sell. Mm -hmm. And then you've still done uh, something which a lot of people will never get around mm -hmm. to. And, you know, it can be a daunting undertaking, but people really underestimate the mm -hmm. value of their stories. Even if right. you don't think you have a fascinating life or you don't mm -hmm. think you're interesting enough or successful or rich enough there's still going to be an audience for what you have to teach and mm -hmm. people are hungry more than ever for information. There is so many, uh, there are so many opportunities out there to connect with other people mm -hmm. and to teach other people and establish yourself as a really important force in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And I think doing it through a book is just such a huge opportunity. So I would say, even if you think you're not the most interesting person, there are ways to make your stories interesting, and and I think it's a loss if the world doesn't hear your story. I love it. I love it. Well, Laura, this has been wonderful, and and you know, I hope that that people will really be thinking, okay, what book can I write? Uh, I so. You know, because it is, it's a great business tool for getting your message and your information out there, especially when we're not able to meet with people as much in person. And I think we're going to stay with that. You know, this is, it's it's not going to be that we flip a switch because. Mostly, a lot of it, we're going to be, you know, it's just like what you and I are doing. We're thousands of miles apart. Yeah. 
you know, and people are going, wow, this works really pretty well. Um, so, does. you know, I, I think that's, that's going to be one of the things. But uh, until the, the next time we chat, hope we do chat again. I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a delightful conversation with Laura Gale and everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.